Hey y'all, this is Dick Darren from StraightHustling.com. Are you a hunter or just like to target shoot and have a good time? Then you need to check out Freedom Munitions. You can find a link to Freedom Munitions at the bottom of StraightHustling.com. I can't say enough good stuff about Freedom Munitions. It's where I buy my own ammo, great prices, to buy directly online, and it's shipped to your doorstep. It doesn't get any better than that. You can sign up for their email specials and check out their brass buyback program. So please click the link at the bottom of our site, straighthustling.com. Takes you directly to Freedom Munitions and get your hustle on. Let's get on with the show. What's up, everybody? It's Charlie Bonner the Third. You're listening to the Straight Hustling Podcast. Crank it up. I'm making my name as a hillbilly rock star. Hustling.com. We're back. This is Dick Darren and Stu. How's it going? We got a great show tonight. We got Charlie Bonnet the Third, guitar player, singer, musician. He's done a little everything. He's played with a little bit of everybody. He's got some cool music. We're going to talk about uh, some of the bands he's been in and uh, how he got started playing and kind of what he's doing today. I know he's got some, he got some shows he's doing in the Nashville area. So that'll be cool. Maybe we can check one of those out. But yeah, we watched, uh, I've been checking him out. It looks like he has a good time playing everywhere. Plays a little bit of every kind of music. So I'm going to check, uh, I'm going to talk to him, see if we can meet him somewhere around here. Yeah, he's uh, he's from the Middle Tennessee area. Yeah, Charlotte, Tennessee. Yeah, Charlotte, so. Tennessee. So CB3, check him out, man. Go online, look at him. Let's get him on the phone. Hey, we're going to get to ask some questions. Now we've had some uh, some questions left on Facebook that people want to know. From yeah, so be listening for your questions. We'll see if we can hit CB3 up. What's up, CB3? Hey, what's up? This is Charlie Bonnet the Third. What's going on, Charlie? How you doing, man? This is Dick Darren. Hey, boss, man. I'm happy to be talking to you, my friend. I was listening to your podcast last night. Uh-oh. Checking out, checking out Ted Nugent, Jelly Roll, and Eddie Money all oh, in yeah. one listening session. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. I got Stu with me also. How's it going? All right, brother. Awesome, man. All right. We finally had somebody listen to our shit. That's cool. Hey, that's me, man. If you got three new views, it was Charlie Bonnet earlier today. <laughs> you want to see what you're getting into? Huh? Yeah, I had to do my due diligence. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of podcasts because I'm never around in one spot long enough to like sit down and listen to something in real time. So I'm all the time, you know, checking out podcasts. So it'd be middle of the night, and I just kind of got it running on my computer while I'm working and things like that. So you're, uh, you're a fan favorite of Charlie Bonnet. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> we got a fan. <laughs> Hell yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so I saw online, I was looking looking at you a little online, too, and it says that your friends call you Chuck. So are we going to be able to call you Chuck? You know what? I've been called every name in the book, bro. <laughs> shit, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how that went down. Uh, 
my granddaddy obviously is Charlie Bond the first. He passed away in 2002, but when I was a kid, he lived in California. He would come to Tennessee for the summer and stay with us, and people would call Mama's house, and they'd be like, I need to speak with Charlie. And she'd be like, which one? We have three. <laughs> so uh, it kind of got narrowed down to Chuck was like the nickname for a while, and then uh, I kind of adopted the Charlie name back once Papa died. So. Oh, okay. I like the CB3 also. That's got a ring to it. Yeah, that's, that come from Star Wars, man. My mom came up with that. She said it reminded her of C-3PO. <laughs> and I was a big Star Wars kid, you know, way back in the 1900s. I'm showing my age. <laughs> mom will come up with that. That's just like a little nickname or whatnot, but the fans like it, and, you know, it's pretty easy to remember, so it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, better than CWB. Oh, yeah, CWB, yeah, right. Yeah, I've heard all about that from uh, my new producer, John Connor, and uh, Mr. David Ray. Okay. Damn it, boy, records. All right, cool. My new recording label that I'm working for, and uh, they've educated me all to the CWB movement. (laughs) We're not in that movement anymore. (laughs) Yeah, well... I'm kind of out of that whole circuit, really. I, uh, I'm more of a rock and roll guy, but... I know, man. I, felt, I was checking I you out today. I a few years ago. I was checking you out today, and you got all this uh, kind of country flair and, and cool songs and everything, and you're always wearing like a damn Danzig shirt or Kiss or... Pantera. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, that was the nickname that I had a few years ago was the Shredneck. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I'm a, I mean, I grew up obviously around country stuff, but I hit this rebellious streak, man. Like, uh, I don't know, mid-teens, and when I started putting my first bands together, they were like real heavy metal kind of things, because I wanted to do the exact polar opposite of what my family wanted me to do, because I was in the teen angst stage of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they were like... You know, you could learn to play a pedal steel or something and get a nice little studio gig. And I'm like, fuck no, man. I want to rock. I'm growing my hair out. I'm going to swing a guitar low, and I'm going to bang my head. And that's what I did until I got too old to continue doing that. Uh, What was that one band, uh, the metal band? Was it Disarray? Yeah, Disarray, man. Disarray. It's crazy because the first Disarray CD actually came out 20 years ago this week. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was a, a very disgruntled young youth. And uh, me and my buddies, we liked Metallica, and we liked to get together and crank it up until the neighbor's eardrums started bleeding. <laughs> and uh, we had a pretty good run with Disarray. We did five albums and uh, several pretty good-sized tours. I don't know if the listening audience out there has heard of the group Guar. Oh, yeah. Guar actually produced the fourth Disarray album. And uh, we went and did a big tour with them, about 35 shows around America. And uh, I went out there and done all that kind of stuff and uh, went broke, filed bankruptcy, <laughs> and uh, grew up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rock and roll training camp. Oh, man. You, you made it through it. You graduated. Yeah, I had to, man. It's a thing. I uh, Well, the music business changed pretty hard. 
you know, back then the goal was to try yeah. to build a buzz and get a label to get behind you, which we did. We were signed to a company called Eclipse Records. It was us and a band Jelly Roll was just talking about called Mushroom Head. Oh, yeah. Us and Mushroom Head were signed to that label in the early 2000s, and I don't know. It was my dream come true and my worst nightmare all rolled into one. <laughs> so I figured out real quick that, uh, you know, when ACDC says it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, they weren't bullshitting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, what else would you be doing, man? You could be working in a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That's that's very true. I mean, I I tell everybody that at this point, everything is all bonus because all my childhood dreams, if you want to say, of like, you know, being in a rock band or whatnot, that all came true. So now it's all bonus. You know, I had a recording deal, toured, made a whole bunch of albums, and, uh, you know, it's not what it's cracked up to be. Once you're the guy that's able to look behind the curtain at what the magician is doing and you see the secret, you know, you're like, really? That's what it's all about? Because when you're a kid, everything's, you know, MTV and Headbangers Ball, and you're like, wow, these guys are probably rolling around in Lamborghinis and banging chicks every day and rich, and it's just a paradise, and then you realize how much work it is, and... You know, you're a low rent rocker. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to be banging all the chicks every day, though. Come on. Oh, uh, well, those days are all done, man. I'm a, I'm a family man, and I don't know. You know, it's uh, all left up to interpretation. I got a lot of young fans now that, you know, they all want to be the guitar player and singer-songwriter, and I tell them, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for, because it is definitely a double-edged sword. There's a lot of work to it. Yeah. The, the, bad, the bad part is, you're on your bonus list, we're on our bucket list. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Shit, I don't have any list. I'm all fucked up. But I don't know, I almost quit music a couple of times, you know. I uh, After the disarray thing, I was in my mid to late 20s when it peaked, and then I I don't know, in one year, like, my grandpa died, and my booking agent went out of business, and the record company dropped me, and then the girl that I lived with for nine years ran off with another dude, and then I had to, like, file bankruptcy, and it was just like, geez, you know, it was just too much, so I almost went into rock and roll retirement for a while and started playing, like, acoustic music just to, you know have a way to make an income it's either go put that box over there and drive that forklift or mm -hmm. go strum an acoustic oh, no, that's right and so i kind of became a bar singer for a while and then i i uh kind of weird i got a phone call one day and it was a girl i knew and she said chuck are you interested in playing on a guy's cd and i said i'm always interested what kind of music is it she said it's rap <laughs> and I said, hell no. What am I going to do? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a heavy metal guy that has already confused my fans by putting out little folk rock records and strumming cover songs, and now I'm doing this. And she's like, just please check it out. I said, all right. So I went, and that artist was a guy by the name of Big Smo. You guys might know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
I rolled out there and we totally hit it off, man. We had a great time and uh, I gained a big appreciation for that whole underground scene. I mean, I I had no idea that, you know, rap artists like purchase beats from like beat producers and stuff like that was like, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I'm not from that, but. But, you know, a lot of those guys in that time, this was about 2010, man, they were all doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, they had a, there was a realness to it. And it wasn't about chasing a dollar sign. And I just related to all them guys. And it kind of put me where I'm at now. Yeah, cool. Did you, uh, I know you had a, Big Smoke had a uh, little series out, a television series. Were you on that at all? You know what? There is a point five millisecond clip <laughs> of me and I'm not actually on the show but they show the kicking it in Tennessee video that I was in. Oh, okay. And it's like, I mean, if you blink your eyes, you're gonna miss it. It's just <laughs> you see a little bit of long blonde hair and a motorhead T shirt and then it's over. <laughs> see ya. That's that's Chucky's uh Walk of shame on national television <laughs> in a blink of an eye. Oh, see, so how's y'all? How's your relationship with Big Smo right now? Y'all cool? With Smo now? Yeah. Well, um, I honestly haven't talked to him a lot in the past year. My uh, previous band did a couple shows with him in 2014, and he was really cool to me. You know, really cordial, and I'm very proud of him. You know, I'm proud of all of his success. He's worked hard, and he's earned it. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there very jealous of anybody that does anything on a major scale. I'm not one of them. I'm proud of that guy. He's hustled, and he's made it happen. But uh, we don't work together anymore. There was a small falling out for a while that has been resolved. But, you know, it's a thing. He's yeah. on his path. I'm on mine. And right. Shit, I wish him the best, man. That's cool, man. We uh we know all about the haters, man. They're hating on us all the time. Our two fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he only counts as one <laughs> three times. Yeah, that's right. You hit us three times. I couldn't hear the last thing you said. I don't know <laughs> if it's my phone or if it's on your end. He was whispering. I was saying that uh we got uh two fans that are jealous of us, and he said, no, you hit it three times today. All right, cool. <laughs> So what about the other band you were just in last year? Is that Moccasin Creek? Moccasin Creek, yeah. That's uh, can't talk a whole lot about that okay. currently because I got a lawsuit going on. But it started out as a very, very pure, awesome thing, a lot of fun, and ended extremely sour. Oh shit! Sorry to hear that, man. I've said. But you know, I've uh, I've resurfaced rather quickly as a solo artist it's uh kind of funny because i don't know if you guys know john connor but uh he's a, a producer he worked with smo and haystack and a lot of the big rap guys in tennessee but he's actually from delaware and one day i got a phone call it was actually uh big smo's old dj dj o'rig <laughs> Let me know that John Connor lives five minutes from my house. Oh, wow. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Yeah, because I thought he was from Delaware, which he is. He just relocated down here. And uh, 
he said, yeah, John Connor, man, you need to go talk to him. He literally lives down the road from you. So I went, I met John Connor, who was an extremely nice guy. And we started uh, talking about him helping with some video production and some studio production for the Moxon Creek thing. And uh, when all that fell apart last December, he was one of the first people I called. And I said, well, um, slight change of plans. I've uh, kind of been canned from the band. And he said, well, shit, that works out. I was wanting to produce you anyway. So why don't we just do a solo record? Oh, That's cool. Why don't we? That sounds like a (laughs) a fantastic idea. So I kind of jumped right into the solo thing, like, without missing a beat. Well, man, I I was checking a lot of your different music out today. You know, you got a lot of stuff online. And, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I haven't really heard a lot of it in the past. But, man, I really is digging it, man. I think you got the... Some good sound and shit, even the acoustic and the country kind of style, and then the even the kind of more rock stuff. Man, I was really digging it, man. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Well, I'm uh, I call that a, mu- a musical identity crisis. It's cool though; you can stretch across all them different genres. And... Well, it was kind of out of necessity, to be honest with you, because like when I was a kid, like my mom and dad, like they were extremely great parents i'll say that they're fantastic parents but they both had very very rough upbringings so when me and my sister and my foster brother were under their wing they were kind of over sheltering to us so i I was an awkward kid man and it led (laughs) to being picked on and you know, slapped around on the bus and all that, and I'd come home, and, you know, the little Nashville 95 FM that Mama had playing wasn't cutting it. You know, <laughs> I, I got to put on some Guns N' Roses and, Shit, yeah. you know, pretend that I'm a rock guy or something. I was just a little kid in, in a daydream world, man, trying to escape from reality, and I, I honestly fell in love with hard rock music, first and foremost. But... uh you know, as I got older, I started appreciating all the music that mom and dad had playing around the house, you know, and really seeing that a lot of the lyrical content of the traditional country music was actually kind of heavy in its yeah, own way. Right. It was not sonically, but just lyrically. And so, you know, I, I hate any kind of commercial pop stuff. Like, it's that's, forget it, throw it out the window. But like the... The realness, you know, you see the Merle Haggards of the world that, you know, when they're writing it, it's because they went through it. And I just really identified with that. And whenever I couldn't afford to do disarray anymore, when gas went from $1.60 a gallon to $3.89 a gallon in one day's time, I said, all right, well, I'm not touring anymore. The days of playing for 75 bucks in a beer tab are over with, you know. Damn, I, uh, I'm going to get you out of here for $75. Sorry, right. <laughs> Say again, bro. I was like, man, I was going to get you out here for a party for 75 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well. Seven days are over. Cause, it's funny because, like, I've met a lot of my uh, rock and roll heroes now later on in life. Yeah. And I still have the perception of being 13-year-old Chuck in junior high 
you know, and seeing them all on MTV and thinking they're rock stars. And then I meet these people and they're, they're driving a 86 Honda hatchback <laughs> like I am and hanging drywall like I am. It's so they're really, <laughs> they're really what was fame, but no fortune back then. It's kind of just, I don't know. It brings it all into perspective that, you know, maybe the music business, it is what you make it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I just, I enjoy playing music. I'd rather be playing music than not. And that means right now, you know, I do the little four hour acoustic shows where I show up at the bar with the bar stool and the acoustic and sing until they get sick of me. And they throw me out and it's keeping the lights on. Man, I saw, uh, I was looking at your uh, schedule you got coming up here and you got quite a few of them coming up here in the middle Tennessee area. So we're going to try to hit some of those, man. Yeah. I, uh, what I'm doing, I'm putting a band together, but it's kind of a slow process. I don't want to just grab up the neighbor kids, you know, and, <laughs> and, and put them on guitar and bass and go out and parade around and try to let them live the rock star dream on a low budget. That ain't happening. So I've been kind of hand selecting some people that I like to jam with, you know, and, uh, We've been rehearsing and working up a lot of stuff off my new record and back catalog stuff. But, you know, honestly, we really only want to kind of take that around to, like, bike rallies. And, yeah. You know, bigger stages where it's cool. I don't want to go down to Rita's Bar and Grill and move the <laughs> back-busting pool table out of the way to set the half stack up. You know, because I can do that on an acoustic. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And it just works better on an acoustic for that. So the shows I got now are all basically Charlie Bonnet the Third showing up with an acoustic guitar and entertaining the drunks. Yeah. Oh, man. I was going to come to one. Well, come on with it. You're always welcome. <laughs> I will be classified as one of the drunk things. I'm sure I'll be drinking. <laughs> oh, no, it's all cool. But, man. but it's funny because the guy that's actually co-managing me now, he was uh, a guy I met on the Internet. We had a few weeks of a schedule gap with the previous band, and I was honestly needing money. So I started Facebooking all these clubs. Hey, I'm I'm Charlie. You might know me. I'll come down here and play for whatever you can give me plus a tip bucket. <laughs> this guy was actually a moderator on a damn one of the pages, and he hit me up and just started booking me all around. Oh, cool. Nice. So it kind of fell into place. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to come see you, man. Like I said, I was listening to some of your acoustic stuff, man, and I really dig it, man. So we're going to come check you out and uh, get some pictures with Should you and I stuff. I do appreciate it, man. It's like, I got six acoustic CDs that I put out, but they're not, like, really produced. You know, they're yeah. just, they're called the living room sessions, and it's because my little idea at the time was as soon as an, a song idea would hit me, I'd want to document that exact moment in time. So me and my buddy, we just throw a microphone up. They're like, all right, just wrote this one. This is probably going to suck, but we're throwing it down right now. And uh, just capture the idea, and then fans started asking about it, so I started printing them up just to throw out or whatnot. But I don't know the the new Charlie Bonnet album is a, a fully produced record, and uh, it's Mr. John Connor and David Ray, 
they got a band themselves called I Four and I, and uh, they're very hip hop influenced, but they understand what I'm doing. They're taking the best of the previous band and the sounds of like the Big Smoke project, like the Real Currents, like the beats and the the music aspect of it is very modern, and then the vocal is straight out of 1976 Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a hybrid kind of thing going on. So I'm excited about that. I saw a song you had on your on a site called "Figure Out You." Is that on a new album that's coming out? "Figure Out You" came out on a record I did in 2011. Oh, okay. And uh, it's really unfortunate because I started cutting that album in 2009 and uh, I had a pretty major producer behind me on it and then when I met Smo I completely just put all that on the back burner because I A. only have so much time and B. I didn't want to compete with my own project that I was doing so I kind of put that album on on like the back burner and then the Smo thing ran its course, and then the Creek thing kind of took off, and it consumed about four years of my life. So, like, I'm kind of getting all that <laughs> back in print now and yeah. filming some videos and trying to push the Charlie Bonnet the Third brand full time. Yeah. Well, man, you got a you got a lot of damn fans out there pulling for you, man, that's for sure. A lot of cool people hitting us up and, and uh, shooting us messages and stuff, and Got a big following. Yeah, we, well, it's uh, it's really a blessing, man, because, you know, if I was a young kid trying to do music, I, I really don't think that I would be taken seriously by certain crowds, you know. I mean, the middle-aged to older crowd that follows me now, they don't want to listen to what some punk-ass kid's got to sing <laughs> to them. I mean, what's some kid going to teach them? Yeah. You know, and then like the younger kids you know they they kind of look up to people that got as many miles on them as i do you know i've been playing for 26 years and uh you know it's not fresh off the farm anymore so they kind of in a strange way relate to me now <laughs> just because of the amount of catalog that i've put out between disarray and smo and the creek and the solo stuff so i don't know i've kind of created a street cred if you will yeah just by yeah. default by not quitting yeah you got a gift man that's some good shit the people are uh really wanting to see you and and i think this next thing is going to work out good for you man it's going to be cool i'm excited i think everything kind of happens when it's supposed to i remember being in my early 20s and not having enough perspective to realize that it wasn't in the cards for me to be a world-renowned heavy metal headbanger as much as I tried to force that into <laughs> into reality you know it's like it's just not there and then you know I'm old enough now to just appreciate opportunities man it's like you know every show is a good show because I, I don't take it for granted you know yeah. I want to have fun and I want to meet everybody and shake everybody's hand and take every single picture you know, when people order stuff from me on the internet, I write them a little personal thank you note. I just, I'm at the age now to where I just, I don't know, I've really reevaluated it. And the asshole chuck of days past is long gone. 
I've grown up, gentlemen. I've grown <laughs> up. there. You know, it's hard to take a, you know, not everybody has that passion that you're talking about. Like you said, it ain't easy. And uh, Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's what it is. It's just been like a natural evolution, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't hide from any of my previous stuff. I mean, I listen to, well, I don't listen to it because I don't listen to any of my old stuff. But fans will bring like the 20-year-old Disarray <laughs> CD for me to sign and they'll be like, this is my favorite one. I'm like, God, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, if I knew, if I had a crystal ball 20 years ago, like, first of all, there would be no little growly, angry vocals. There would be real singing and there would be <laughs> stuff going on. But it's like, you never know when you're in the moment. You know, yeah. you're just kind of rolling and it is what it is. And hindsight is always a lot clearer. But I'm, I'm real happy where I'm at now. This, uh, New record, like I say, it's called A Hotel in Valdosta. All right. And it's very Leonard Skinner, Waylon Jennings type storyteller kind of music, but with the actual music element being, you know, if, if Kid Rock's band was playing for Leonard Skinner, it would, it would sound something <laughs> kind of like that. When do you say that's going to be out? I got a single hit in iTunes tomorrow. Oh, cool. I don't know when. I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but uh, we're looking at a single hitting iTunes on the 20th and a music video with that, and that's actually not off the physical record. It's a song called Hillbilly Rockstar, and uh, it's kind of a standalone single just to launch what I'm doing, and it's the first song I did with John Connor producing, but the actual hotel in Valdosta CD should be available. I think their our distributor is going to shoot for like the second Tuesday in June. Okay, cool. It's like an open-ended deal to where, you know, as soon as we get all the mileage we get out of this and shoot however many videos and put them out, we're just going to start immediately on another another song. I'm I'm going to be invading invading the airwaves and the <laughs> internet for quite a while, I think. I hope. Yeah. Did you write the lyrics to the Hillbilly Rockstar? Oh, yeah. I write, it, I write all my own stuff. Nice, man. All right. Cool. I mean, when I do the bar shows, obviously, I got to do covers here and there to, well, more than here and there. Probably at least 70% of my four-hour shows is me singing whatever. You know, if somebody wants to pay me a big old tip to sing Freebird, by God, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. The rent has got to be paid, gentlemen. You're like a jukebox, man. You like know every song. Oh, you know it's crazy because uh, I got a little, a little set list and some cheat notes here and there. But I can fake it through pretty much whatever. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a thing to where usually at, at those shows, every four or five songs would be one of mine, and then the rest are the bar standards to keep them all in there drinking. Yeah. One of your fans sent us a, a message, Robert Garrett. He wanted to know, how do you play, uh, if you're left-handed, you write left-handed, how do you play a right-handed guitar? Well, I'm right-handed. Oh. But. Robert, get your facts of, right. There's a lot of guitar players out there that when they first start, like my brother, he's actually left-handed, but he plays guitar right-handed. Because, like, if you just start out, from day one 
playing a right-handed instrument, it's kind of like being ambidextrous. You can just kind of train yourself to be able to do it. So, all right. He must have had your brother mixed in. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, my brother he jammed with me for a long time, but it's just uh, going down different paths and different roads, you know. So yeah. One of your fans, Lori, she wanted to know what inspires you to come up with the words to your songs. And what is your favorite song to play? Well, usually it's just real life story. You know, a lot of times I'm kind of weird in this regard because like melody lines hit me out of the blue. Like me and my girlfriend were at Kroger one one day and I'm like buying cat food and cat litter for my animals to take a shit in. And I'm pushing the cart around. And the wheel had a little squeaking noise. It's like a... And I was like, whoa, whoa. She's like, what? I'm like, you hear that groove? I got a hook hit me in the middle of the grocery store from that groove right there. It's like, what? So then I'm like grabbing my cell phone and like calling myself and like leaving myself a little melody line message or whatever. And then like the words kind of fall into place. It's really strange. Like... It's usually driving, cutting grass, in the shower. These are like portals for creativity. It's like as soon as I get somewhere where I can't be near a guitar, an idea will come out of the clear blue sky. And I'm like, shit, I got to write this down right now. But uh, lyrically, it's just, you know, it's stories. It's just, you know, I'll get an idea and it'll be, Usually something relating to what I'm going through at the time. And uh, if I can make a groove to make people move to it and make a melody line to make people sing to it, it's a game on, brothers. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Do you have one? Uh, of my own? My favorite stuff is probably off this new album. I got a, uh, uh, I got a new song called Tail Lights and Dust. That's basically the storyline of the demise of the previous band. And it's very Waylon Jennings, old school sounding country. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's a fan favorite. They all, they all seem to dig it. I think when the studio version drops, they're going to be excited. All right. Cool. So you, uh, you a fan of Jelly Rolls? You know what? I was just at Jelly Rolls video shoot last week. And I knew of Jelly because he had a feature on the Big Smo American Made album that I was on. But I had never met him until last week. Oh, wow. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm an old guy. So if it's past Run DMC and Beastie Boys and Houdini, I don't know shit about rap music. I don't. But I can recognize talent and passion for what people do. And Jelly Roll is the real deal. Yeah, he is, man. He's a good I mean, he is, he's got it. People either got it or they don't. And yeah. this dude has totally got it. It's natural. And he's an extremely gifted lyricist. Yeah. Like, once I started researching him, like this 10-minute, like, freestyle thing popped up on YouTube on the school scroll bar. And I was just like, I got to see this. And I clicked on it. I was like, Wow. I mean, <laughs> whether it's what you like or whether it ain't, I mean, there's no denying the guy's got skills. He does, and, man. You know, 
It, it comes from a very pure spot. You know, he writes what he knows. He's clearly had his ups and downs in, in life, and that's fine because he's learned from it, and he's put it into music, and the guy's gifted. Yeah. Well, God bless him, man. He's a badass. He's doing some country stuff now. Yeah. Bit, you know, yeah. his band, you know, we were all at Tootsie's last week when he was filming his video, and, uh, man, you know, it's, it's, it's very current. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of old school elements to it, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, that's the great thing about like right now in music. It's like the business is pretty much dead as far as the traditional business. So the rule book has been thrown out the window. You know, when I was a kid, you know, my, my lawyer that was shopping the one record deal for Disarray is like, all right, Chuck, well, you got to strike now because no record company's going to touch you once you're over like 25 years old. And, you know, you got to look this certain way. And I'm like, well, I mean, what are we doing? Are we selling a poster or are we selling <laughs> a record? Because who cares what you look like? You know, and now it's like, it's basically a DIY do it yourself industry. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and it's really cool because guys like me wouldn't have a hope in hell right now if it was the old business model you know now we got the facebook's and the twitters and the youtubes of the world and you know if you make something cool and you got a way to sell it on a web store you know run it up the flagpole and wait for them to salute it <laughs> that's it it works so you know that would like jelly roll it's like you know shit he can be country and rap and whatever he wants it's a good song it's got a good hook to it shit yeah, Roll with it, brothers. You need to get with him and write some songs, man. You two together, that'd be crazy. Uh, you never know, man. Him and uh, my producer, John Connor, they're tight buddies. And uh, I'm kind of out of my element as far as, like, knowing any of these people on a personal level. But, you know, I, I respect any artist that's doing it for the right reasons and any artist that, you know, it comes from a pure place. And what I mean by that, you know... A guy like Jelly Roll or a guy like John Connor, they're going to be doing music whether or not they're making a million dollars or whether or not they're making five dollars. Yeah, yeah. Because it's right. just something they do. It's ingrained in them, and it's what they're put here to do. And I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be writing and recording music until the day I drop off this planet. Hopefully, it'll bring some sort of revenue where I can stay alive. But, you know, whether it does or whether it don't, I'm still going to be playing. You know, yeah. and those guys are the same way. We'll get out there and buy one of them CB3 shirts you got coming out there. You know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about you. And I saw you online. And uh, that's when I started reaching out because I started looking at some of your stuff. And I was like, man, this shit, shit I is good, man. I appreciate it, dude. So, I appreciate you, man. It's like I was looking at your website and, uh, you know, you've got future guests that are like, I can't really say friends, but peers. You know, Tracy Guns. Tracy Guns played guitar on a song, on a Moxon Creek song for us. Oh, cool. You know, and uh, like Bill Leverty from Firehouse. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, yeah. You know I'll tell you a Bill Leverty story, dude. All right. I was, it was 1992, and I was a little teenager who you know, worshipped all these rock guys and 
It was Firehouse and Tesla yeah. playing at Municipal Auditorium. You might have been there. Yeah, I probably was. But I uh, I was walking towards the venue, and the Firehouse guys all got off their tour bus. And, you know, I'm, like, starstruck because I'm a little teenager, and I'm like, holy shit. And so I run up to Bill, you know, fanboying, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I left my little Kodak disposable camera back in the parking garage like six blocks from here, but I really wish I could get a picture with you because you're like one of my guitar heroes. And he said, you know what? Meet me at the backstage door in 30 minutes, and I'll take a picture with you. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, you know, whatever. But I ran back to the parking garage, and I'll be damned, 30 minutes later on the dot, Backstage opens up, they usher me in, I get all my photos and everything, and I just thought right then, I'm like, you know, if I was ever in a position to where anybody cared about what I do, that's how I would want to be, man, because yeah. like, that guy didn't have to do that, but oh, I was a little cool. kid, and he wanted to make my day, and I've never forgot it, and that's how I act now with my fans. You know, I'll show up at the show, and hang out and meet everyone, sign everything, take every photo until everybody gets what they want. You know, it's just, I, I learned it from Bill from Firehouse. Oh, shit. We should have, we had him on here. We're <laughs> actually right before you. We should have switched him up cool. so you could have the, we could have had your story to tell him. Damn. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's cool, a man. Awesome that's story. cool. He's, uh, you know, and it's a thing, like you look at a guy like that and they had about a, two to three year solid window of mainstream support from Sony. Yeah. And it was kind of over, but he's a survivor, man. Is, they man. do real good in Japan and, you know, fly in dates and little specialty shows and he's able to make a living and shit. I respect him, man. Yeah. Anybody that's able to keep the rent paid and the lights on from singing and strumming an instrument. Shit, my hat's off to him. Well, he's still doing. He's doing some solo. We need to solo stuff. We need to get you all together, man. That'd yeah, there's cool. no doubt, bro. In fact, he's reunites uh, you two. Dude, I, I would love, I would love to do that because he's like, you know, one of my teenage heroes. I was in about the eleventh grade, I think, when that story went down, tenth or eleventh. Man, that's cool. But yeah. it made a big impact. I still have that photo from this day. I've told that story a few times. That guy's humble, too. We were like, man, you're fucking awesome. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not that good. I'm not oh, he, that good. He's, uh, <laughs> he's one of those guys, you know, that uh, never really made the guitar hero status of like a George Lynch or somebody from that period, but completely capable of just melting your face with lead guitar. <laughs> I mean, he's great. He's a fantastic guitar player, very melodic. Good songwriting, yeah. you know, it's just, he's got it, man. Yeah, he's singing, songwriting, everything right now, too, so shit. Well, dude, man, I'm going to see if I can hook y'all up, and I definitely, I'm going to come out to one of your shows. Cool. you got to tell me which one's the best to come out to that you got going on. Want to get some, any of them got any good food? Uh, shit, I'm trying to think. Off of the you got one stuff in, on YouTube, I would say. uh so you got one in Tullahoma. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I thought you were talking about songs. Yeah, I got, uh, Tullahoma's a strong one. Like, like, all the crazies come out there. You know, that's actually this Saturday, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. Have to come down there and check that one out. Think about that. Yeah, I'll let come you know. on. It's a thing where you'll see me 
sitting on a bar stool, singing and dealing with drunks that are heckling me, and then I'll heckle them back, and then, you know, it gets wild, but, but it's always a fun time, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times people are dancing in the aisles, and then at other shows, people got their back to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. never know. It's just, it's part of being a working musician. I tell everybody, every gig cannot be Madison Square Garden. So they hire me to come in there and I deal with whatever, whatever comes my way, you know. Oh, shit. Well, we'll be there to support you, man. And, uh, I want to thank you again. Hopefully we'll have you on here again soon, man. I'm going to come check your show out. Cool, and, bro. Uh, and, uh, wish the best for you. And, man, I hope uh, this new album takes off and you're out there. And awesome, nothing. dude. You know what? When this goes live, I'll have I'll have my web guy blasted out, and uh, you know we'll stay in touch. And uh, anytime you need me, you know how to holler at me, and uh, I'm down, brother. I, I appreciate what y'all do. Y'all are getting the word out, representing Nashville, man. That's that's, that's it, crucial man. to me. Yeah. So, man, I really appreciate y'all's support. And uh, as soon as I get like promo copies of this record or whatnot, I'll, I'll see to it that you get one. All right, man. I'm gonna shoot you a straight hustling shirt, man. Shoot. Text me yeah, your address. Ass, dude, like, I, I will gladly support the podcast any way I can, and my fan base is they're pretty they're pretty rabid and loyal, and anybody that's on my side, they're on the, that same side. You All know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not as fancy as that wasp shirt that you had on, but yeah, dude, nothing about me's fancy. I'm a damn <laughs> middle aged man trying to compete in a young man's game <laughs> i was just saying that's fancy going on here i saw you with that wasp t-shirt man i used to love wasp though <laughs> oh dude i love wasp man that's the thing i actually got heckled by a lady at a show in kentucky she's like i can't believe you're wearing that horrible wasp t-shirt oh shit they're one of my How favorites is that country at all i'm like who cares man i love 80s rock band i know most of these guys I've met Blackie Lawless. It does not stand for we are Satan's people. It stands for we ain't sure, pal. I love Wasp. In fact, my solo band is probably going to do a couple of countryed out versions oh, of Wasp songs. That would be fucking awesome, man. That's how we roll, man. I would love Keep that. Real. Yeah, man. Send me your address and size, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send cool, you one, man. I will. I'll email you. All right, man. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Take care, Thank man. you, Dick. I appreciate you guys very much. You too, right, man. Have a great Thank week. You. Yes, sir. All right, that's the show, CB3, right here on Straight Hustling. You heard it. Got a new album coming out. Yeah, man, it's so great to hear people. It's just got the passion he's got, loves what he's doing, and he's going to do it till he gets to the top. Yeah, and then when we put this podcast out, he'll uh, he'll have some of his fans listen to it, so we'll actually have some people listening to our show. So. Man, there's so many people <laughs> listening to this shit right now. And Dick's got, we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hits a day. Man, we're we're doing it. Yeah, you know, we got some cool people coming on here. Man, that was cool. He's got this story from the Firehouse guitar player, Bill. And uh, man, we just had it flip flop. We got to tell Bill. Oh yeah. Need to reunite and get some uh, music writing and get a song going on his album. That'd be cool. You know, it's let's let's trace it back real quick, Dick. We had um, CB3, Bill, Liberty. Liberty was his hero. We had right. Bill Liberty. Ted Nugent was his hero, man. We got the yeah. whole freaking chain going on. I know, damn, yeah. And then Jelly Roll, yeah, so shit. So you know, you know, it's just keep telling people who you want to hear. You know, we've we're finding out it's a small world out there, and we're getting all these great people, man. Just some awesome stories. Yeah, we got a lot of cool people uh, still still to come. Uh, 
man, got some surprise ones coming. It's going to be pretty awesome. So y'all keep listening. Go to our site. Check it out. That's straighthustling.com. S-T-R, the number 8-H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Man, y'all get out there and order some T-shirts. You know, you can look like uh, all the people we got pictures of wearing our crazy-ass T-shirts. Hell, yeah. Um, Charlie's going to have one. We're going to send him one. You know it. And uh, be sure, you know, uh, keep hitting us up on iTunes, Stitcher, however you get into us. Keep listening. Like us. Leave us comments. Hit us on Facebook. Old Dick Darren's got a Facebook page out there now that's yeah. linked to the Straight Hustling. Check it out. Yeah, you can see why he's on radio, people. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Oh, damn. damn. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> uh, and check out uh, Charlie Bonnet III. His, uh, I saw his T-shirts out there, man. They look pretty sharp. I'm going to get me one of those, man. Oh, check yeah. that out. But all right, we're going to get the hell out of here. If you ain't hustling, you ain't living, we're out. Laying real life songs with a common man I got a rebel flag and a skinner sound And I've been trying to make old Ronnie proud With my Marshall amp, let's pause them low My cowboy hat and my country draw I was making my name as a hillbilly rock star